Pubcast. If you're not listening to Pubcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. That's great. You could have named it anything. And you just have to go with booze. All right. I'll see you at a meeting, you know? But if I just keep talking like this and raise my voice, I'm doing Harvey Keitel at the same time. <laughs> You're going to name it the goddamn Pubcast? Oh, you man. took the Lord's name in vain. Welcome to the Pubcast with Michelle Riley, Mike Cross, and Brendan O'Neill. Sit down and enjoy a pint. There's a county map to go with the wall, a hurl, a stick in the shinty bowl, a brick, the brack, the crack, and all. Let's call it an Irish pub. All right, this episode of the Pubcast, we again talked to Jay Moore, uh, who last time joined us talking about atheism and faith, and this time it's just me, Mike, and Michelle. And uh, we tried to talk to him a little bit about uh, karma and luck and superstitions and how sports plays into that. And we do that for about five minutes, and then the rest of the time we sort of go all over the place, uh, which is fine. Jay does a great job of accommodating our requests and has some interesting stories of his own to relay. And at the end of Jay's segment, Michelle had to leave, so me, Mike, and Rob play a round of the body count game. So uh, you can catch that at the end of the podcast. Make sure you listen to uh, Jay's podcast, More Stories, and you can follow him on Twitter, at jmore37. Hello, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> Jay Moore's. Hey, Jay. Yeah. Jay Moore is legendary. Jay Moore is legendary. Jay Moore told Antonio Camardi about pregnancy. Birds and the bees, damn it. <laughs> yeah. You ready when you're ready. He said, you ready when you're ready. You ready when you're ready. <laughs> crazy, why are you crazy? That's crazy. Crazy, why are crazy? Hey, I was riding my bike to a, uh, when I, as a kid. Hey, where's Mike? I'm here. He's on. Right. Hey, hey, Mr. Hey. You know what? I just wanted to make sure that you guys did a good job yesterday without me. Now I'm here for part two. Let me tell you something. Honestly, Mike, that was, uh, that was a grown-up discussion. It was nice, and um, more people should speak the way we were speaking, I think. I thought it was cool. If Mike was on, it, it would not have been a grown-up discussion. That's the problem. Well, why did you think I smashed him? I demolished Mike. <laughs> it could have been any name, Michael. It could have... Uh, uh, when I grew up as a kid, it, you get to like a point in stand-up where you realize, why am I writing so much? You're trying to write or when your act has already happened to you, like your actual life. Like, right. So when I, I keep doing these interviews. I'm going around the country, and they're like, hey, who should be on the eye uh, lookout for up and coming? I'm like, screw that. Go see a headliner. We're still around for a reason. So I realized... The whole act's already been written, and the reason uh, I went on this uh, tangent was when I was a kid, I haven't figured out how to do this on stage, but you guys will like the story. The high school was... The high school... Oh, no, it's just good for now, right here. The (laughs) high school was... I was on a dead-end street, Valley View Road. The high school was one block, about 100 yards to the left, and to the right was the biggest mental hospital in the state of New Jersey, Overbrook Hospital. So... Somebody decided, hey, you know, this thing cost a fortune. Let's close it down. So they just let them all out on the streets of Newark, New Jersey. 
And we would ride our bikes through the hallways of a hospital. Imagine being like 11, 12 with your BMX bike. Nothing you own as an adult is worth that, that bike. No, absolutely. And skidding down a hallway of a hospital, taking the turns, going down the steps. Yeah, nobody told us 15% of it is still running. So, <laughs> like, this is true. For like a winter and a summer, like, you'd get there before the other schools so you could scare the other kids because there was like, hey, there's homeless people there, man. They kill kids. And then you'd go into like, you'd go into the uh, chapel and there'd be like a pentagram and 666. Six, six, like, oh, so scared. Did you see that guy? You like freak everybody out. So I'm in there with my buddies. I'm doing skids on my mongoose. Oh, excuse me, it's a red line uh, bike. I lift it with my pinky. Yes. And I turn a corner. Two identical twin girls are standing there in pink skirt. Like the shining, but black. No. So, like, if the shining was on good times. Ah. <laughs> and they're in a, this is all true. They are identical twins. They're my age. They're wearing pink dresses. And at the exact same time, as I fall from my bike screaming, they say at both, we live in a crazy house, but we ain't crazy. And I ain't crazy. <laughs> ah! And I just slide, <laughs> and then I ride my bike down like flights of stairs, and out into the back of Overbrook Hospital because like the Wachung Mountains are there in Jersey, like the woodsy area. Yeah. Yep. So now I'm like three stairs down, three flights down on a lawn, hauling ass. Like I just saw these crazy ghosts, and they're up in the window. <laughs> we live in a crazy life, we ain't crazy. We ain't crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. I love it. I, I know Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that dynamite? Right. That, that's Mike. Fucking Mike. It's, it's always fucking Mike. It's always this is a real story that happened, and you're gonna throw like a Jimmy Walker catchphrase on it. Hey, you're the one. You're the one who dropped <laughs> good. Girl. No, I know. So if, yeah. So if you want to play, Mike, you got to at least identify their gender and go. It's like Penny from Good Times. It's Penny. <laughs> Penny. Hey, that took part in our, our world, Gary, Indiana. Penny and uh, and D from What's Happening. I like D because she was always holding Raj up. Oh, come on, D, don't tell Mama. I won't tell Mama if you give me a quarter. <laughs> I love that the old Jewish writers, like, the cost of your words in the black community was 25 cents. If you give me a quarter, oh, and he was like, pain, like, oh, come on, D. You know I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> What's your favorite bad '76 sitcom? Everyone you ask is probably going to say Small Wonder, but bad is bad. Like on my last special, I have no irony in my body. If I watch it, because I liked it. If I watch Showgirls, because I love it, I think it's great. That's why I watch Valley of the Dolls. I love it. Yes, I'm on the gay waiting list. All right, all right. <laughs> I was a. I love good times. I loved it so much. It took place in a room, period. And I love, yeah, Good Times way up there, man. Yeah, I love this. They were all black ones. Of course. They were just and, like my yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. Just... Good Times in a walk. Now that I'm really going through, yeah, like Thursday night had the good ones. But yeah, I would like go home to watch Good Times. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. my favorite of all time. Sanford and Son? Sanford oh, love Sanford and Son. I was going to say Sanford and Son. They dropped an end mom in the pilot. He looks at the wedding. He goes, look at these uppity over here. And yeah. I was like, whoa. 
Whoa. Say that? He could. Sanford and Son, all his writers were white Jewish guys. Uh, no, Don Rio is an Italian kid. He was 20. He wrote on action. He's the guy that took over when Chris Thompson oh. went out on like Thunder. Action, and, Dan. I don't know if they mentioned Action is one of my all-time favorite shows. Thank you, brother. And I watched a YouTube clip last night because I was trying to get a clip to put off because Ileana Douglas is coming over tomorrow to record uh, oh, the cool. podcast. And I just got like sucked into this entire episode. I'm like, this is great. Funny you should mention but Don right. Rio was doing furniture stripping at his dad's shop in Providence, Rhode Island. Nipsey Russell was on The Tonight Show when it was in New York City with Johnny Carson, and he bombed. It was awful. And Johnny Carson goes, all right, Nipsey Russell will be at the uh, whatever in Boston. We'll see her. And then Don Rio at like 19, 18, 19, 20, right, right around there, got one of his dad's suits, stayed up all night, wrote jokes for Nipsey Russell, went to the theater, waited, bullshitted his way backstage, handed Nipsey Russell like a book of jokes. And Nipsey Russell kept him in the room, security guard behind him so he couldn't get out, and he read every single one. It took like 20 minutes, and at the very end, without a sound, he finally looked up at Don Rio and says, boy, can you read? And he says, yes. He goes, all right, check this out now. Tomorrow night I'm playing the Apollo. You meet me here at noon, you keep to the cue cards, we're going to be cool. And he toured with Nipsey Russell. That's awesome. And... <laughs> When he was with Nipsey Russell, he was the only white guy on the tour. It was Red Fox, the singers, and it was the Chitlin circuit. And these guys would stay up till like noon. Like they went at it. Like they would gamble. And Don would tap out at 4 a.m. And that's the first season of Sanford and Son. 4 a.m. Wow. to noon. That's what he wrote. Wow. That's fantastic. And wow. then he also created Blossom. So it, it kind of evened out. Yeah. <laughs> what, Jay, my question for you on action is, is what actually happened? Because, I, I mean, was it a ratings thing? Was it just bad time slots? I mean, I loved the show. I thought it was really creative, different. Um, loved Buddy Hackett, uh, Ileana Douglas. Oh, the women to the body and the men say, woo, I'll tell you what happened. I didn't know there were six networks until we took sixth place in our time <laughs> slot. Damn. Friends was on. Thursday nights at 9 o'clock. So you can't take down, you know, there's some things that are not like ESPN is never going to be overtaken by Fox Sports 1. Coca-Cola is never going to be beaten by Pepsi. You just got to carve out your niche. Friends is never going to get beaten by anything at that time. So the WB went, fuck it, WWF wrestling, kiss our ass. And then every male went over there, like counter-programming. Then it was like charmed. It was like, just counter, counter, counter. So then my action got in there. Like, I don't know what the audience was, and I asked Doug Herzog. I mean, the ratings were terrible. And I asked Doug Herzog, I said, you can't cancel us. You have to move us to another night. And Doug and I are friends pre-this yeah. end post. And I said, why don't you put us on a different night? He goes, I, he goes, I have nowhere to put you. I go, put us on a Sundays after that 70s show. He goes, no, I can't. It's a family show. I go, Doug, last week they were all eating hash brownies. He goes, yeah. Yeah. Together. <laughs> Jesus. Of course. That would have been a perfect lead-in because it was uh, – I just thought it was brilliant writing. I thought it was incredibly funny. Uh, we all think that. So it, it's, it can never be recaptured. 
So Ileana and I will have to just write a separate show that has nothing to do with show business. And we got one in our minds. I love her. I'll tell her, Michelle. Tell her I, actually, tell her I love her. Oh, yeah. Mike. Mike and Come Brandon, they did. Yeah, I remember Ileana coming at the club with all of Mike and Brandon. Tell her I love that movie, Grace of My Heart. I love that movie. I have a copy of that movie. Wow. Grace of My Heart. She's a good actress. Oh, I love it. She has a book out, uh, I Blame It All on Dennis Hopper. It's exceptional. <laughs> all stories about like crazy directors. and It's great. I can't recommend it more highly. I'll check it out. Write that down, Michelle. Got it. So what's okay. up? What are we doing? We are hey, talking man. about uh, karma <laughs> and luck. <laughs> karma, luck, superstitions, sports, all that stuff. And where is faith involved in all that that stuff? Okay. What do you think about karma? I mean, or even luck. Great you know, song. Some, some, player, <laughs> some players yeah, are just I'll, luckier I'll, than let others. Me, let, me give you the, let me give you the pecking order of karma legitimacy. Song one. Instant karma's gonna get you. Because that song goes... I'm being serious. Because there's too many assholes walking around to prove that karma does not exist. Um, so, John Lennon's song, Karma, Instant Karma's Gonna Get You, we all shine on. What do you think you are? You're a superstar? Well, right, you are. Like, that's like, that's the best. Like, we all were stars. So I'm gonna put the song first. Second... Superstitions for me only work in the affirmative. If I see 13, that's good for me. A black cat walks across me, great. It's all good. However, I don't walk under ladders because why push it? When you play baseball, do you step on the lines? Uh, it has no bearing on me whatsoever. Yeah. When I wrestled, I had no superstitions whatsoever. It's just... I've always been involved in like down events like wrestling you're naked on a scale in front of yeah. other teenagers very homoerotic so I don't know if you uh, <laughs> touching the, uh, the panel next to the air conditioning four times is going to come away from the fact that that kid wasn't circumcised <laughs> Jay, I went baseball, like, I'm not God going bro like, I'm just playing in high school you can either play or you can't you hit well I didn't have any my number was the year my father was born nobody's going to fight me for a 37 because I see guys tugging at the 8 and the 3, and I said 37, and they all went, all right. It was actually my dad's race car number when he raced. And then uh, stand-up, no superstitions, and I've gotten to the point where I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's a methodical, like a couple hours out, just kind of John Ruiz in the, the book The Four Agreements, your mind is the metote, the marketplace. And there's just too much going on. It's like a giant flea market you got to figure out which one is the one that's actually telling you what you need to hear. So you yeah. have to, like, close these shops, turn off the lights inside the factory in a row, like a giant auto plant. And I do that subconsciously. By the time I hit the stage, like, when I'm on Periscope, I always Periscope when I walk on stage. Everybody goes, you look like you're ready for a nap. I am. I'm a zombie when I walk out there because I have to be empty wow. in my mind. Interesting. Moose Isn't that shit. opposite of Moose. most stand-ups? Uh, you know, me and Greg Fitzsimmons were backstage at uh, the Shrine Auditorium with a big benefit. Yeah. And Eddie F. was pacing, because he had to follow Bob Saget, and he had his guitar out, 
And he goes, oh, I get to his guitar. And then, and by the way, if anybody can follow anybody, it's Eddie Ips. He's, he's like, he's a reverend. He doesn't give a shit. But for some reason, oh, he brought a guy on stage. Fuck. And me and Greg Fitzsimmons, we look like two old guys on a porch, like in rocking chairs. And I said to him, right now, could you actually doze off if we had, if we could just lay down right here and like, he goes, oh, yeah. Wow. And I said, what's going on over there? And you see somebody else run by. So I think most comics, I don't know, because we're never in the same place at the same time. Yeah. But I know me and Greg Fitzsimmons are very relaxed. I don't think guys like Jim Jeffries or Adam Carolla, like, I don't think yeah. Joe Rogan's, like, nervous where he goes on stage. It's like, it's all you do. I don't mean nervous. I mean, like, amped up. Mm, of course I'm excited. If it's, yeah, absolutely. Like, I got a show Saturday, and it's small. It's like 200 seats at the Hollywood Improv, but... That's the room I can really tell stories, and they don't have to be yeah. funny. It's almost one-man show-ish, but without being, like, masturbatory, like, isn't this precious? Mm -hmm. But you, got, you still have to deliver laughs. Right. So I get fired up knowing I get to take the shape of the container. If I do a theater, yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired up that people find me interesting enough, and I'm being serious. It's commerce. If you're going to pay me money to go to San Antonio... And I've only said it, like, via tweets that I'm going to the Majestic Theater in San Antonio, and yeah. 1,200 people are there. That fires you up. But when I walk yeah. on stage, it's a service industry. I can't do that service. If I'm a waiter, I can't hand your coffee if my hands are shaking. Right. <laughs> That's a great analogy. That's true. How many times when you're a waiter when the old people would be like, you have decaf? And you just went, yeah. And they're like, I'm not fucking going over there. I'm making decaf. Here you go. Have a nice night. <laughs> I wonder how many people, how many people did I murder? See, there's a bit. <laughs> it already happened to us. The, our act already happened. Stop writing and just tap into what happened. Tell the truth. Wow. So, Jay, how much of your act does uh, Nikki write for you? Are, are, are you guys, uh, do you work together? No, it's a dictatorship because she's right. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even joking at all. When I, the last special can she be wrote in entirety. Her special that she wrote, the one that got nominated for the Grammy, Happy yeah. and a Lot, was word for word hers. And when I moved things around... It wasn't a brick wall anymore. It was all like weird and stuff was on the sidewalk. And she said, no, it has to go in this order. And I thought she was crazy for a little while. And I would walk home, walk home. I'd walk in the house from the gig before the special. And she would just pick a random chunk, a random paragraph of that hour. She was about an hour and 20 and you got to whittle it down to 57 minutes for commercials and go to the next show. And as I'm traveling and I'm working it out, I'd walk in the house and she'd say, hey, uh, the irony, the bit about irony, when you get, when you and I get to the Liberace Museum and open the doors, exactly how did you say it tonight? And I would think and I would say, hmm. the air conditioning's on in there. It's like 68. I open the door. Oh, cool air. Best piano player ever. She goes, no, no, no. We get there. The air conditioning unbeknownst to us, is preset at 66 degrees. We open the door. The air hits us. Greatest artist of all time. And I go, okay. The next night I say it exactly like that. It's like a key to a different 
room, a bigger room. Uh, where it's like, oh my God, it is better that way. Unbeknownst to us. And you can play with those words. Already the greatest artist of all time. Or already the greatest artist of all time. <laughs> you can bathe in the cool air with it. You can be emphatic. You can spike the football. You can do all these different things with the way she aligned these words. So I just did a verbatim. Now, a lot of things in my act, it's all her on some level because she's mm. the only person I talked to for a decade. So when I say the word bangs, that's her. When I say panacea, when I, you know, <laughs> pell-mell, tumble-bumble, like that's all her. I just read an interview I did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all out of her mouth. The best comedians are the best listeners. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I love the the precision in good comedy. It's 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 interesting. What's even more interesting, brother, is when you get that precision and the concision of time, because now you're you're giving more yeah. time to yourself, you're getting it back, is by tightening it and making it smaller you're actually allowed to play more. It's like Coltrane when he lost his mind and everybody said, he's just playing the scales over and over. It's like, yeah, but listen what's in between. There's a lot going on. <laughs> am I comparing myself to John Coltrane? No. I'm not a black yes. guy, but I am a genius. <laughs> or vice versa. Awesome. You've got stand-up questions, Mike. I'm glad you came on. Come on, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Changing the sounds. I like how Mike misses his podcast. I know. That's that's why he's hey, always. Who do we have? Uh, hey, Tuesday. Who's coming on the podcast? Uh, Jay Moore. Eh. You know what? Have I'm gonna take a dump and wash my hair. <laughs> <laughs> he was heartbroken, Jay. He was right. heartbroken. Tell him what happened, Mike. Well, my nine-year-old went uh, went in the bath. Oh, dude. Show killer. And oh. Mike, we can't hear you. Did anybody hear that? No. God damn no, it. No, it ain't me. I'm not breaking up. No, it's him. It's always him. No, I got to now. Say, what did he say? Say it again. Mike was so excited to come on, and at like, you know, an hour before we were set to do it, his nine-year-old son took a dive at school and needed stitches um, over his eye. So he had, to, he had to go take his kid to the hospital, and he was heartbroken. Family first. Family first. He looks tough now. No, Mike. Mike, you gotta get off the submarine and walk onto the ground. Land. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta hand. Colin Quinn would say, "Mike, finally show up and decide to do the podcast from a ham radio from you know an octopus garden garage." By the way, we, we kind of need Mike. He had like these awesome stand-up comedy questions. I know. <laughs> I, do. I do. I do. Great question. I do. So here we go. Who would be your senior? Yeah. Who's your? Who's your? Sorry. Are you guys like that Puerto Rican bodega? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That was not me. So, all right. Who's your hey, favorite stand-up? Hey, so professional. This is perfect. Yeah, we're doing a good job. Anyone Go, Mike. Want to ask a question? So, who's your favorite stand-up? Do you have a favorite stand-up, or who would be in your, George, you know, your one through ten? One through ten is George Carlin, and eleven is Russell Brand. But not Russell Brand doing stand-up. Russell Brand on panel speaking, because yeah, 
he's making it up as he goes, and I don't know how his mind works that way. If you watch YouTube him on MSNBC, he obliterates them. He's like, this is what you do for a living. This is the news. And the one lady's like stroking her water bottle like a cock, and he goes, look what you're doing with that, Anna. It's subliminal. (laughs) And she's like all like nervous around him, and they talk about him like he's not there, and he calls them all out. It's really brilliant. But Carlin, because Mike brought up precision, man, not a word wasted. Carlin's and amazing. That's special he did about the earth and people want to save the whales. Save that snail. Save the planet? Are you out of your fucking mind? You can't even take care of each other. And then he does all, this is where I drop out for 15 seconds. So. <laughs> that's all right. All right, hang in there Perfect. and let me know when you got me. You got me? We got you. Got you. All right. So that's special. George Carlin's talking about Earth. And you think it's all going to get shut down because of plastic bags? And he goes through this long, it's like a six-minute list of all the things the planet's been through. The reversal of magnetic poles, earthquakes, meteors, the extinctions of the dinosaurs. But, but plastic bags. And he <laughs> says, when the, the Earth is fine. The people are fucked. And he says, when the earth's done with us, it's going to shake us off like a case of fleas. And then it's a pause, long one, Mike. And then he goes, surface nuisance. Man, those two words. I almost named my special surface nuisance, and I got the blessing from Kelly, his daughter, Carlin. Kelly Carlin says, yeah. And my wife said, "You know what? If anybody ever accused you of stealing drugs, you don't want you don't want anything traceable to anybody else. Just, just no. call it something else." Yeah. But if anything describes me, surface nuisance is pretty good. <laughs> you think? Everybody, I, I I tend to bother everybody, and then when you get under the surface, you go, "Oh, surface <laughs> nuisance, surface nuisance. precision, Mike." Maybe I am, Jay. I'm a surface nuisance. Maybe I like you so much. No, whoever your cell phone provider is a surface fuck. That's a sur- God damn it. <laughs> uh, that's, that's <laughs> also, my favorite sentence... <sighs> Mike, Mike, zip it. You're killing us. Go to, Mike, just go to a landline at the car wash, whoever you are. For real. <laughs> Tell him. Yeah. You're a good man, right. Mike. <laughs> He's got a nine-year-old walkie-talkie. Uh, <laughs> that sentence... My favorite sentence in comedy is Carlin's, and there's only three words in it. Fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. <laughs> I know you're all counting right now. No. Uh, Tucker twice. Fuck Tucker sucks. Fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. Oh, my God. Because that whole run about, I hate guys named Todd. Ugh. <laughs> just Tyler and Tucker. Kyle. And he goes, but, like, as an audience member, you have to create these people in your head. I don't know anybody named Tucker. No. When Carlin says, fuck Tucker, Tucker sucks. I got to create a human being and agree with him that that guy fucking that I created is a fucking dick. <laughs> I'm doing all the work on this bit. <laughs> and then, fuck Todd and guys that look like Todd. And you're sitting in your chair going, yeah, right? Like, my Todd that I just imagined, is a, he's weird looking. Of course. Every Todd is weird looking. We, we all know that. Todd. Kyle. Hey, Tucker, I'm Todd. Where's Eddie? He was here a minute ago. 
Yeah, Carlin. Very long answer. Awesome. Mike, you there? something neat about Carlin. Oh, when you see his HBO specials, Mike, I swear to God, I'm going to fucking hang up. If it just Mike. Mike, just tap out. Go to a landline, Mike. This is or, fun. <laughs> or just text your stuff to us, and we'll ask him. Ooh, that's a good idea. And then get his questions wrong and make them all racist. Yep. Don't you think it's weird? Black don't tip. This one, Mike. I don't know where he's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> now that's Michelle, what's on your mind? What's that? What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm just enjoy listening to. Uh, I'm just enjoy listening to you. Okay, thank you. Wow. That was your very favorite Muppet. My favorite. Michelle always. I noticed yesterday though. I'm not even. Like, I don't even know what girls look like. I'm not a cheater. I'm not flirting. I noticed yesterday, I'm not joking, Michelle speaks that way. You speak in a very intimate way. Oh. There's nothing you can... It's very personal. That's probably true. Yeah. What is your job? Do you have You've a said job that for years. You... I tried to get Michelle to do voiceover work, and she wouldn't... You know, she uh, didn't go very far with it, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not, well, if it's not her passion, you're just... You're, 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 you're telling her to do something she doesn't want to do. Sales and marketing, let's put it that way. I work for a furniture manufacturer. Yeah. And You're in marketing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm in marketing. And Are I'm so I had to drop off yesterday because I had to go get my son. They are militant. Hey, your job, do you have to communicate with a lot of people? Your yes, ideas, I do. or do you have to communicate to someone? Oh, I know what it is. You have to communicate someone else's ideas, whether you agree with them or not, and sell it out like it's your own, and you agree with it. You know, yeah, you're right. Although I really do, I have a, I have a bad poker face. In other words, I, <laughs> I have with that voice, you should just wear a veil. <laughs> uh, this is a really great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Buy fifty-five, get one ten percent off. That's what we're doing. Sorry, I don't Stella. know. Makes me feel weird about my voice. I've got that awful Chicago okay. accent that I can't. No, you uh, don't. You just, no, you don't. You laid it on just now. The thing about your voice, it makes people come closer. That's why I asked if you deal with communications, where you have to yeah. maybe not only communicate ideas, but ideas that are not yours. So you're used to delivering a message that's gentle. Yes, Ooh. I think that's probably true. Very, very perceptive. perceptive. Well, I'm psychic, and I already knew it was true. So exactly. That's... There you go. <laughs> Brandon. Yes, sir. To prove my point about being psychic, your dad's yep. giving you everything he has. Stop waiting for a rainy day. He's not changing. That's 100% of him being better than what his father did to him. And he's saying, I'll never fucking be like my dad from the moment you were born. That miracle in a onesie, every star, every blade of grass. So, oh my, he carried you around town because uh, you were his guy. He still feels that way. He can't communicate it, and you're rooting around for something that's never coming. Except that man that you have in front of you and know that's 100% of everything he has. Hmm. I think what? you missed the mark on that one. Then, uh, then it's uh, then it's uh, Mike. They're <laughs> no. all on the same line. I'm serious. I'm still here. Well, Brandon, how, hold on. My, how did I miss the mark? Well, 
because my father is uh, dead. An, no, he's he's definitely alive. Uh, he was just inducted well, into two Hall of Fames, so he's 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 doing well. Uh, no, uh, he's very emotional and very verbose and very verbal, and he would always tell me. Uh, uh, he always, I, I always knew where he it stood. It is Mike. No, this is Brendan. You think I'm joking around? But it's like if you sit next to people, like when my wife and I, we there's some medium came into a a place we were at. We're like, sure. And when they read me, they were saying her. And then when they said her, they're like, you like to be the center of attention. My wife's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, uh, Mike, your dad. Yeah. Is that it? My dad's Southside Irish, Southside Irish Catholic. Uh, so we just bottles it up. Yeah, just push it down. Sorry about that. You know what? Your dad communicates better than you do. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, it it, it was much. Uh, He's given you everything he has, man. And he's given you more than... uh, When you were born, he he made a, 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 a vow to make sure he did better than his dad did. And he is. That's all. That's it. That's your dad at a hundred. So that's what you're working with. That man loves you. You are a precious, precious being. He just can't express it. I think that might be Mike and I with our sons. (laughs) Oh, Mike with his dad, sure, it's definitely a dad. Be a hypocrite. Go ahead, Michelle. There's no question about that. My dad is South Irish Catholic, so we used to joke around. Oh, and that. If you answer anything, yeah. oh, if you answer anything other than yes or no, people are going to think that we're well, like, yeah, you said <laughs> the information you gave them. That's why it's like got to be yes or no. <laughs> uh, sure. Michelle, she just stepped out to get her kid. Was she, okay, was she a twin? Did she have a kid? That's right. You guys can't. Answer. Is Michelle a twin, or is there another kid really close to her? Well, her brother. Guy, the other guy we had on yesterday, Rob, that's her brother, and he's very close to her. Well, who am I talking? Brandon? Oh, that's Rob's Brandon. out, Mike's in. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they're, are they super close in age? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, two and a half years, three years. Yes. No. Hmm. Wow. All right. Is, is this a hobby of yours? Do you, do you practice this? Well, sometimes I guess. <laughs> Listen to this sound. That's why I believe you guys are here. Oh my god. Oh, see these beautiful trees with flowers on them? I'm talking to a bunch of atheists. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hola. Hola. Oh, se cayó. Mira, se cayó. All right. Uh, I'm going to play baseball unless you guys got one quick rapper. Nope. Uh, Mike, do you have anything? I think we're good. Thanks, Jay. Jay, thank Friday. you again for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, if you want to do part three, we'll do next week. Yeah. I got Brad oh. Williams coming over tonight. Oh, my gosh. First time oh, Brad Williams came to my house. My son was oh. mowing the lawn and a little kid, like, lawnmower. <laughs> Brad pulls into my driveway in a Mini Cooper of all cars, right? Of course. <laughs> Perfect to the listener, Brad's a dwarf. Yes. And he gets out of the car, my son turns around, they're eyeball to eyeball. 
Oh my, my son's God. enormous. If you look at my uh, Instagram, yeah. Jaymore Sports, you see the world's largest toddler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they stare at each other for a while. And then my son, at four years old, goes, how come that boy has a car? Oh, my God. Ideal. Brad Williams, without missing, Brad Williams, without missing a beat, says, my dad's better. <laughs> Perfect comeback. Hey, guys, let me know on DM or whatever. No, you want to do something okay. else? And Mike had a, on a, it's over there. Mike had great stand-up questions, so. Apparently. He can even, um, if you want to DM them to me or whatever. Yeah. I'll bang them out. I'll do that. I'll DM you I'll, my email. Uh, next time I'll, um, I'll try not to do this from a submarine. You guys Thanks, are fun, man. All right. Movie body counts. The theme is the 1990s. Let's start with uh, one of Rob's favorites, Starship Troopers. Oh, shit. Are we uh, Are we including not the alien dead, not the bug dead? I don't know. I, I can't click on it. And it's a body count. Cheat. So it could be a Body count in Starship Troopers. Man. I'm assuming we're going with humans or... Sh- I'm going to say 38. I was going to I was going to push it up and uh, it's 60. I'll go yeah. 45, I don't know. Damn it, that's probably right. I would have gone 75, Bernie. Uh, and this is Mike. What'd you say, Mike? 60. 60. All right. Uh Starship Troopers. Uh here we go. Huh. Okay, the entire film. <clears throat> 128 hum- <laughs> humans. Wow. And 128 bugs. Wow. So I'm, I'm closest. I'm 1-0. Yep. Wow. 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 Much bigger than I thought. Ooh, I've got five. Let's do all five. Uh, Let's do it. Fuck it. Total Recall. Oh, great movie. One of my favorites. Total uh, Recall. Total hey, recall. you know, I know we always want to get through these, but the Total Recall ma- uh, remake? I didn't see it. Was it any good? It was not Colin great, Farrell. but it did had they have some, the three, some fantastic they have the, female talent in that movie. Did yes, they have the three-titted Martian? They did. Yeah? She made and, a comeback. But remember, remember that uh, a Sharon Stone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Had a yeah. huge role in the original. Yep. I'm drinking vodka out of a mason jar. Shanty Irish. Oh, my God. I feel so ghetto. <laughs> Shanty right. Catholic. Total this is recall. the way the Irish Catholics drink. Dicks. That's the way the Protestants drink. All right. I got 20. <laughs> Stop yapping. 20. 20. Just, moving along. I've 20. got uh, drugs. 78. Shit. Oh, man. 52. Total Recall has a body count of 77. Fuck. Boom. Boom shakalaka. Wow. Cheers, Rob. Woo! Rob got 78. That was close, man. Theo's still in the hole. Let's go with Pulp Fiction. Oh, I can count them up. Mm. Zed's dead. Yeah, shit. 
It's a small number, I'm sure, right? Mark, and you know, poor Marcus. Marvin. Marvin, thank you. Oh, fuck, I just shot Marvin in the face. I got a number. What do you got? 21. No. I got 12. I was going to say goddamn 12. I say 14. Oh, you can say 12. No. 14. 14. Pulp Fiction has a uh, body count of... Ooh, 10. Oh, my God, that's it? Only yeah, a win. Yeah, think about it. Zed's dead. Zed's dead. Wallace. We got two more. Uh, Travolta. Again, our choices are limited, but so I went with Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> oh, what was that? The one I with need... Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> oh God! It'll part? get you drunk. <laughs> uh, so that's oh that's gosh. Die Hard three, actually. So I don't know, man. These are. I'm gonna go forty five. I gotta go sixty-two. Those body counts are always high in those diehard. Yeah, it should be higher. Running, go higher. No, I'm going like fifteen. Are you figuring something on paper? I'm writing them down. No, you're writing down the answers. Oh, all right. Do it. Uh, Calculating. Diehard with a vengeance. What did I say? Forty-five. Forty-two. Forty-five. You said. Forty-five. Has a body count of twenty-six. So Get the fuck out I win. God that damn it. That's horrible. Three way tie here. We gotta gotta bust this thing up. I'm I'm in I'm in the lead, buddy. I, I have two. Holy shit, I forgot. So this is the two to one to one. This is the finale. And it's a big one. A little movie called Braveheart. Oh God damn. Man. Wow. Who had to count this up? I don't know. Can you imagine? I, I'm going to go ahead and say 348. Oh, man. That's high. That's high. I said Damn 295. It, it was 210. 348, 210, and 295. Bravehearts comes in with... Oh, where is it? Uh, body count of... 184. Oh, yes. God damn it. That goes to Coach Champs Catholics. Mike. So that's me. Loser Mike. Protestant. <laughs> I didn't lose. You didn't Woo. lose. You died. I'd like to dedicate this win to Pope Francis. Pope Frank. Pope <laughs> Frank the second. Uh, Alright. Let's uh, wrap this up. Please follow us on Twitter at Irish Pubcast.
shots the underages think it's toast We'll spike the drinks and pay the cost We got us an Irish pub The quick one in the filthy dog The patent glass across the lug of the lady Oh, the dirty dog We got us an Irish pub It's over to me We'll skip along the avenue Who the hell is running through? We got us an Irish pub to sweat upon the honey folk The only crack you get is a slap in the ear Well, I'll be fucked A lot of first, you filthy mug If you drop one more shot I'll give me beer Filthy monk, if you drop one more shot, I'll give me bread. 